Good evening, Ranger fans. Two guys, one cup, Sean and Rock. Preseason edition number, what, episode 58, the John Gilmore edition. This will be the final show of the preseason, thank God. The next show we do will be regular season hockey. And uh, it couldn't come quick enough. Thank so, God. Yeah, seriously. These preseasons so, are way too long, dude. And this one's been to- short. This preseason itself has been short. Uh, well, I think it's been short because they played a lot of games. On, they played, what, four, four games in five nights? Right. So, um, yeah, it's been condensed. And right. It's only been Island. two weeks. Yeah. I don't know. It always seems like it's too long. I don't know. That's just me. But, uh, you know, we'll get through it and, you know. Right. Not a lot. I well, mean, not, preseason not hockey anything more than a money grab? Well, I mean, it gets guys, it gets guys, um, you know, tuned up for the season and all that other stuff. But yeah, you're right. It's a money grab. I mean, I, listen, I, I enjoyed, I went to the Islander game and, and that we talked about last week, uh, the first game. And I'll tell you, for a preseason game, it was a, it was a very good, very well played game by the team. Uh, I was impressed with everybody. Uh, then the Bruin games came, which they were still, you know, they were decent. And then, you know, that first Devil game at the Garden. I mean, if you paid any anything over ten dollars for that game, oh, Rock, Rock, we are breaking, we are breaking news. What do we got? Aaron Judge has just hit home run number sixty-two. I knew that already. It's breaking news. <laughs> well, it'll be breaking news to everyone else. But it'll be breaking news that. to everybody else that I has just my... been waiting with bated breath. For our show to start. There it is. Not a Flyers Cup. It's a Yankee Cup. My boy hit 62. Very proud. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. And if you hear me go nuts, it's because the Marlins tied it up in the bottom of the eighth, if if this could possibly happen here. Dude, honestly, I I, I like baseball, but I just... just, Once hockey season rolls around, I just... Yeah. It's pushed right off to the side. It's just... It's not football for you. Oh God, football! No, nothing takes the place of football in your heart. No, no. There's a lot of things that take the place of football. Yeah. <laughs> like root canals. That, root canals. That, that's... First, first and foremost is that you know colonoscopies. Uh, the best is when my wife asked Lisa, uh, Rock's <laughs> wife, if uh, they wanted to come over for uh, for Sunday football. I would have bet my life that that was a joke. I no. said there is no oh, my way. Life. She had no idea. She had no idea. <laughs> You, and so, so my wife goes, man. I wish I would have responded better. I would have. She said, "Oh, Jonathan would have loved that. Love. Yeah. He would love to come over, and and watch football. Nothing more to do on a Sunday than watch football. Only, he will only come over if there's uh, New York Giants paper plates and napkins, and it's really Giants themed. Not even Giants. You know, you know how he is. He just really needs to get into things. Not even Giants. It's like when I <laughs> when I'm at the firehouse and these guys that are degenerate gamblers want to watch the Arizona Cardinals play, you know, the Chicago Bears where there's no rooting interest whatever whatsoever but because it's football and we have money on the game, we have to sit through this nonsense. So, it's uh it's it's you know. There's my I'm football very sorry. for the, my football rant for the evening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a good thing it. that we are literally 7 days away from puck drop. Yeah. Roger Gilbert days away from puck yes. drop. Yes. It's, it's going to be fun, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to this season. I like a lot of the stuff yeah. that we've seen. Um, like like we talked about last show, there's not much competition. Gallant seems right. very – Gallant, I'm going to tell you, I, I've watched every interview with him. 
I honestly okay. think he's having an absolute very hard time with these last few spots. I, the fact that they've kept all these guys around still is slightly surprising to me that they haven't cut it down more. I'll tell you why it is. I think he's having a very. Di- I think he's having a very difficult time because I think his heart is saying one thing, but I think realistically that there's guys just pushing their way through that I don't think he thought were going to do the quite as well as he, he anticipated them, or as well as they have, I should say. Right. Um, I don't think that necessarily he's having a bad time. I think he realizes that some of these guys, like let's, we'll use uh, Rydall as a perfect example. Right. Rydall's not making the team. And he's played very well, but he's not making the team. Carpenter's made the team um, in the interview that uh, Gallant did when talking about the penalty kill. First person he referenced was Carpenter. So Carpenter, without saying it, Carpenter's made the team. He's part of the penalty kill. He trusts him. He's had him before. So that just goes without saying. But someone like Rydall is going to be one of the first guys called up. So to have him in camp till the very end, it helps Gallant continue to evaluate him. It helps him assimilate to the rest of the team, you know, become part of it. So this way, when he is called up, there's some familiarity, at least, you know, was with them for, you know, full six weeks during, you know, training camp and preseason. Uh, I I guess that would make sense. Same thing with Brzezinski. Same thing with, uh, I guess, Jared Tenorti to have these guys there. So, yeah. What's going on, guys? How you doing? So Steve Cornianos is joining us. He's got his um, Yankee hat on. I love it. He's got the Yankee hat on. <laughs> Did you just do a dance run around Texas? Uh, or, no, Nash, you're, no you're, I, was even wa- I, I wasn't even watching it. I was watching Stupid Islanders Flyers. Because oh, um, I, I gave up. I'm like, every time I tune in, I, I try to make a big deal of, uh, of every at-bat. And, you know, it was grounding out and walking. So I was like, uh... <laughs> so, you know, the one time I don't watch it, he hits it. So, did that there kid catch the ball? You know that there weird, you know that weird kid on tw- on Twitter who like goes to every stadium uh, to try to catch the no, home runs. They didn't show who caught the ball, so I just know that they took the kid aside or whoever the person was, and they're getting the ball authenticated by MLB. But some yeah. fan did catch the ball. It was at like least a mill. At least a mill. Probably seven fifty k or a mill. I would say right. Yeah. They thought like two point five. Oof. Yeah. Oh no, there was like so. There's some weird guy who goes like to. He's like a, like a. You know, historic home run ball catcher. He tries to like catch like everything. He like (laughs) yeah. He's finally getting thrown out of parks. He's finally getting like thrown out of parks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't heard about this. Yeah. Yeah, he just travels from stadium to stadium. (laughs) <laughs> but he studies this is fucked up like he literally studies film on on tracks where certain guys hit home runs so when when a guy he doesn't sit yeah. in the seat so when you know when Stanton's up he knows exactly like within 15 feet if Stanton's homering he's gonna homer here and that's where he goes yeah it's and crazy. then a lefty's up and he runs all the way to the other fucking side of the stadium to go to right field like and he does this all game just to catch home. He scored over like 500 yeah. home runs. He's in the 500 home run club. But, like, yeah. but, pe- <laughs> but people say like he like – if he sees like a little kid to like shove him out of the way, like push him sure in a wheelchair out of the way like, to, to get to the ball. So, uh, yeah, as long as he it's didn't get like okay, it. It's almost like he's trying to get a uh, European Rangers autograph. 
<laughs> oh, 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 come on, stop. Push your little kids out of the way. <laughs> oh, he's a good guy. Come on, stop. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> you guys are mean. That's right. We're, 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 we're mocking a good friend, uh, a uh, stat boy, Steve. All right, okay, so, so as long as you're joking, yeah, yes. Yeah. Listen, that's Steve's yeah, no, thing. No, no. My, I'm, I'm friends with him. Yes. My roommate in college, my, my roommate in college was a, a big-time memorabilia dude. And when I went to Boston, he was like, oh, I know all the hotels. And I was like, oh, really? And so we ran into everybody. And he'd, he'd be there. And he had like 15 Jordan rookies and like 60 Rodman rookies when they were worth something. Uh, so I get it. You know, some, some people have their thing, you know. Yeah. To each his own. So what, what's your take so far on the, the preseason games from what you've seen? Good. Just so uh, that high one level. Game against the, the, the one game against the Devils at the Garden wasn't that great. Um, but I, and so I was going, I wanted to see, I wanted to see how they would re- respond and they, and they, they just hammered the devils in their own building the next night or the next game, whatever. So, right. um, you know, all positive takeaways, really. I mean, there's a couple of, you know, Kako, you know, Kravtsov and stuff, but, uh, you know, I, I'm really pumped for the season. Like, I think that they're going to, they're going to be legit. They, they're just way too deep and talented for like everything to right. collapse, you know, even, even if Igor, let's say, God forbid, gets hurt. But I like the fact that in the preseason, they're taking the game seriously. Gallant has them. You know, they seem prepared. There shouldn't be anything really that really changed. It's like you have a new coach. You have, you have all these new guys coming in. It's pretty much the same crew. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm just – I'm actually, you know, more pumped about um, – like this pre – I was more pumped about this preseason for the Rangers than – probably since like maybe like 90, 97 or 94, you know, I just, yeah, you, usually go into it, you usually go into seasons pretty reserved. You and rock are more similar to that. You're less optimistic, but you seem pretty yeah. optimistic this year. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, they're more exciting to me and more fun to watch than the, the than the, the Vino and Tortorella teams that went deep. Um, oh, and I think that this saying. is like, <laughs> This is like a long-term thing, too. This is well, just the beginning of it. So even if they, even if they like falter a little bit and and maybe they don't win fifty-something games, it'll, this is the beginning of a, I think, a long. I think that was Jury's intent. Make it like Colorado. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, Steve. First off, uh, I listened to your podcast on the Rangers, and for someone that commutes about an hour and fifteen to an hour and twenty minutes a day, that uh, that was a great one. Because I'll tell you, I got I got two rides with it. I got there and back. And I'll tell you, it was fantastic. I'm glad you like it, yeah. Thank oh, yeah, you. I appreciate love it. it. And, and I actually still have to listen to the Lundquist. I started listening to the Lundquist trade analysis on on, uh, on your podcast, so I'm going to listen to that one next on my, on my way to work tomorrow morning. But um, I, you're, you don't seem like you're uh, that you're that high on um, Kako and Kratzov. What haven't you liked from, from their game so far this year? Or this preseason, I should say. I mean, they do little things, right? Uh, I think you know Kravtsov is is very smooth, mm-hmm. uh, stick handling wise. So he could he could get out of out of trouble. And um, my concern though is like I didn't want to like beat the kids up too much uh, and like nitpick little things. But now I'm concerned with this VZ thing now because like you would think that that wouldn't even be necessary. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where you, you would go to like Coolio Offman. Before you say, let's try the VZ experiment again. And what I'm concerned about is that VZ's having a hell of a freaking, and he's, he is having a great preseason mm-hmm. that 
it's going to it's going to now create a controversy. We for, for like the last year were like put the freaking two kids in the top six, give Kravtsov either you know, the second line uh, or the third line and just let him play. See what happens. And now that might be in doubt. So I'm, that's why I'm a little I wanted like both those guys to have such crazy do- like like the, the, the Nick Robinson kid in, in Toronto is having a fantastic preseason. And he's like basically, I don't want to say guaranteed, but he's close to a guarantee to be the second line wing with Tavares and Nylander. And I kind of wanted to see that out of Kako and Kravtsov. Lafreniere, we see it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Uh, so but I think we're going to see that kid line play. I think, I think the kid line is going to be a thing. And that's what everyone it's wanted. Be a thing, but it's, it's fine if that makes the team better. If, if having the kid line as the third line makes the, the team better and you have, like, let's say, VZ now on, on you know, with Zabanajad and Kreider or you have, uh, you know, Goodrow with Panarin and Trocek, whatever they do, I, you know, I'm, we're still waiting for these. We want these kids to be in a good spot. So right. I'm kind of torn because, I, again, winning is the most important thing. Right. I think Kravtsov's going to play with Panarin and Trocek. I think he's going to get I think he's going to get a nice 10-game look at the very least mm-hmm. in the beginning of the season. Um, there'll be a longer route yeah, if I, they're winning, yeah. even if he's not producing necessarily if they're winning games. I don't think he's going to, you know, be in such a rush to make that change, but let's give and I want to give Panarin credit cuz I kill Panarin all the time. I really do because I yeah. 11 and a half million dollars I just there's always something I'm left expecting more of since his first season here. Yeah. And he's never been a winner before this, so I wasn't really crazy about the free agent signing with him. But bottom line is he's here. I appreciate the fact that he's actually taken on a little bit of a leadership role and earned that A by taking Kravtsov under his wing. I think this summer he took him under his wing. He's worked out with him. They're the first guys on the ice practicing together, last guys off the ice practicing together, You know, practicing one-timers. He's trying. Panarin is doing everything he can to get Kravtsov yeah. acclimated to, to be part of this team and part of his line. You know, finally, finally, Panarin wants to play with a, a, a skilled wing instead of just having some butcher on the right side that can go and, you know, bang heads in the corner yeah. and, and, and get nothing offensively. So we should, we, I just want to give him a little bit of praise for, you know, for actually uh, doing the right yeah, thing. Have, and he's having, he's having a good preseason too. So maybe, maybe the playoffs, maybe he read the, Right, the, the, the like the, the criticisms, or you know, his, he saw the the tape himself, and he was like, "Man, right. I could have been a lot better. I could have been, you know, think about if he was, let's say, playing like Zabanajad consistently, or he just had a, you know, one of those great postseason runs that you expect a, a big time player to have. Exactly. They, they might have, he might have been the decisive factor in in the Tampa Bay series. So I, again, but so he looks great. Yeah, I agree. Um. You know, you make that much money, and it's it's not like he's like a quiet and reserved guy. Like he's got personality, he's outspoken. Uh, so it, I, I think it's a good thing. And listen, Kravtsov, they they complement each other. One thing though, like I want I want to see Kravtsov shoot the puck more because 100%. Panarin he'll he'll shoot when he wants to, but he's a playmaker first. And Trocheck is kind of like a, a dual threat. But I want to see Kravtsov not worry about dipsy doodling too much. Freaking shoot the puck. And he's got a hell of a shot, Kravtsov. Yeah. The one-timer. Yeah. That's, that's what, the one thing I never liked about Kako being on that line is Kako doesn't have a one-timer. There's a lot of things Kako does very well, but 
one-timers was never his thing. Kravtsov, since I've watched him. I don't know what the hell. He, he, he had in Finland. I don't know what the hell happened to him. Uh, I've, I've never seen it. <laughs> I've never seen it. I've seen enough of Kravtsov, both yeah. in Russia and here, display it. I mean, he had that one-timer goal against the Devils that they show on MSG as often as they possibly can. Yeah. They're yeah. trying to pump him up. Um, what do you think about uh, – what did you think of Othman and the, the little bit that we saw of him? playing with us because you know, you've seen more of him as an amateur than me and rock have. So yeah. in comparison, you know, how, do you, how did you think he did? My, my, my biggest takeaway was how much stronger he looks against junior age kids than against NHL players. <laughs> it was just, it's clearly, it was clear, not just that one example with, was it um, numb nuts on the Island as I forgot his name. Uh, but the, the um, like the you know, when you're facing, yeah. No, no, no. The guy is it not, not, something with a K? No, something like HL contract. Kubiak, like from Bridgeport. Uh, Kubiak. Yeah, yeah, Kubiak. Yeah, Kubiak. Yeah, 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 Kubiak. yeah, that's it. Kubiak. Yeah, the 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 uh, the, 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 the punter was he a punter or a kicker? He was a, he was a kicker. Uh, quarterback. For Denver. For Denver, yeah. right? Uh, but uh, the the uh, so yeah, like you know when when you have tr- he and Othman trucks you know kids in the in the OHL. He has like a, a big reputation there. And so obviously, like, you know, when, when the coach and the, and the staff are putting together their pregame notes and their analysis and they're trying to give the players like, hey, you know, they, 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 you know, they have to know about Othman. Right. And in camp, the veterans are like, oh, OK, we'll see. We'll see how tough he is. And that's the kind of vibe I got when he was on the ice. Like he was trying to be a pest. He was trying to mix things up. He made a couple of really nice plays, too, with the puck. Uh, so it wasn't like he was just but, you know. I like. I think that he's, you know, one of the guys who I don't think he could have made the team out of camp. Right. Uh, he didn't have that kind of camp, but the Rangers are clearly very high on him. I, I think that, you know, that this is all one big competition on the wing. Right. Yeah, you have about like six or seven guys, maybe even more than that, and a lot of them are young. Uh, so it's interesting to see how this is going to all play out. But yeah, he he's a. If, if if the whole thing was to get tougher, become a, a tougher route against opponents, uh, don't let your star players get intimidated. The whole Wilson thing, he 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 helps address that. Like he, it's gonna it's like this new Ranger identity that we this franchise never really had. You know whether they they like kind of smash people around, and I think that's what the intent is with, with skill. Some of, you know, we we've either had one yeah, or the other. We've either had a lot yeah. of skill. Or we've had, you know, the Sandy McCarthy's of the world, you know, just bashing people's heads in. Yeah. Or Chris Simon, yeah, you know, yeah, having, yeah. No, having no. five of those guys running around. So it's like we've I always had Othman one or the Cooley, other. Yeah. I think Othman and Cooley make probably like at least 10 to 15 opening night rosters. Uh, maybe not 15. No, I'd say about like like for the non-playoff teams like Arizona and them, they, they, they would have made those teams out of camp, I think. Right. Cooley had a rough Cooley had a rough first game. But he definitely played better the second game, and you know for yeah, these guys yeah. coming in, you're gonna get that. Yeah, you know ups and downs. Um, you know, you, you we all want our, our kids to have dominant pre. But I, I look back at like remember like Neil Pionk had like you know dominant pre. Heedle had had dominant preseasons a couple of times, and you know the regular season didn't really Matt translate. Gilroy. So I try not to. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I try not to get too excited about it, but 
guys like Cooley, guys like Othman, like whether they they're not going to demand a trade if they're not playing on like the second line. No, uh, you know, wink, wink. Yeah. Like if they show yeah. up, hey, you're going to be on the fourth line. They'll say, hey, we'll be on the fourth line. We'll do whatever you want us to do. And yeah. so you, you, you got to respect that. Yeah. Let's let, let's since you since you wink winked about that. Let's let's dive into that because me and you were two of the people. Um, going back a few years, who we both wanted Rasmus Sandin over Nils Lundqvist. That was it. You know, yeah. when, that, when that was yeah. made, and you made a great point. There. I remember you saying that. Listen, Nils Lund never ran a, uh, a power play. Sandin did, and that that was a big sticking point as to why you really wanted Sandin. So here we are. Fast forward. The Nils thing didn't work out here, mostly because of Adam Fox. You know, there was when we made when we drafted him, we didn't know Fox was going to be this. I don't care how much you loved yeah, yeah, Fox yeah. in college. No one, no one predicted he was going to win a Norris Trophy in his second uh, professional season. Um, yeah, you know, so just, I had him in the first round, though. Yeah, right. You did, and but nobody knew that this one this was going to happen. One of my few uh, hits. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of that one. Um, but listen, we got a first round pick back for him, so uh, there's still a lot of people oh, that are yeah. crying. Every he, I, I hope he has success in Dallas. He's not a bad player. He just didn't fit what what we need and didn't fit our depth. So move on. Yeah. I Can't mean, keep everyone. Listen, that exactly. Colorado, and I, I'll go back to the Colorado example, like for, for the avalanche to become the avalanche. And this is I, I'm, the only reason why I bring up remember when is because Drury's the GM and he, you know, w- you know served on the Pierre Lacroix. He, he had great coaches in Colorado. He had, you know, I mean, you know, Sackick is one of the best GMs in the league. He was his captain. Uh, it, it's kind of so it's like that avalanche tree is kind of like uh, other trees, you know, like whether it be like the Bill Parcells tree or the, right. you know, the, 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 the Phil Jackson tree. So um, uh, I, I think that when you stockpile all these assets, you, you know that you create competition and you you beef up at the deadline when you need to you address right. concerns. Uh, once you have played 50 or 60 games, you could just identify them. So, yeah, he's like the shocking thing was Dallas being the team that did it because they never traded their first round pick. I, I wrote about it. Right. How Jim Neal would not trade a first round pick. And so I was shocked at the return. But, you know, Lundquist had his shot last year. And it's and whether they want to blame that mess Nemeth, uh, hey, I, I, I get it. I'm not a Nemeth guy either. But, you know, they gave him a shot. It didn't work out. They were, they were always pinned in their zone. They bring Schneider in, and he, you know, outplays Lundquist. And there's nothing wrong with that. Which That's he what you want. Which he should. Mills was picked 27th. Yeah. It was a 27th pick in the draft, and Schneider was picked 19th or 18th, without whatever number it was. He outplayed him. Yeah. And, and, and so you can't blame yeah, that. And, 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 but it, it, even beyond that, it, it, it's just that it's just like you know, it's a business. And it's it's merit based, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like like you, you can't just say fans think, oh, a first round pick. We have to no, 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 no. You don't have to play a guy because he's a first round pick. That that's like maybe like the head scout that that, that like scouted that kid and the assistant GM who was pushing for him, that kid to get drafted. Yeah, they might be banging on the table and saying, no, come on, right. we gotta play this kid. But you know, when when all these kids show up at once, they don't play favorites. They're not, they know how, how uh, detrimental that could be to the group. 
if if uh, to the prospect group, if the organization, the coaches, and the staff are playing favorites and giving away ice time because a kid was drafted high. Now, right. Lundqvist did have a good camp, so he every, everything went right with Lundqvist. The Rangers didn't mess anything up. I forgot what idiot was like, oh, Rangers messed up development of another prospect. Man, shut up. Right. No, they didn't. I hate he, that. He was in so Sweden. lazy. Yeah, he was in Sweden for three years. He ran Lulea's power play. He developed into one of the best defensemen in the league. He was voted the best defenseman in the league. Right. When he finally said he'd grade a cup to North America, he comes here. A little bit of an, of an up-and-down year in the minors after he left the Rangers. But again, adjusting to the new sh- the, the smaller sheet. Different. The, the HL is better than the SHL. I mean, people a think lot. that the SHL and the K... No, the HL is the next best league in the, in the world. And so, you know, to wrap it up, like, yeah, it, it all makes sense. Just don't... Like, okay, you were attached to the kid. You wanted to see him succeed. Who cares? They won 50-something games and went to the conference finals without him. Right. Rangers are fine. And they got the first rounder that they can use to add at the deadline. Because, the oh, you know, yeah. Jimmy Vesey is going to be a first-line right wing. Then they're going to need high picks to get someone to eat salary and get a, a top-six player back. No, they, they, it's a deep draft. They have two first-round picks. Um, they have uh, – and they still have their second and third, I believe. Don't have a fourth and a fifth. Uh, if, I, if I'm correct, but but yeah, like it's exactly what you do. You 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 don't replace that guy with someone in the same age group. You right. gave it a shot. You had Schneider in that group, and everybody Schneider won the competition, and now you create additional competition by whether it be to the forward rank, get a draft a goalie. They can do whatever they want with that pick. Right. I think Steve. I think the issue with the development problem was more so the, on the heels of of Leas Anderson and Kratzoff both being issues. But like you said, and, and you got to kind of take each situation. And, and even myself, I I was a little bit annoyed that this kid was asking for a trade. But I, my feeling was they should have traded him last offseason. I mean, you saw the roadblock. You're not going to have a skilled. You have Adam Fox. He's not going to play on your third pair long term. To me, you should, the, the time to move him was last offseason. Now this is obviously before. We we knew I knew what the yeah, return yeah. was. To me, the return they got, and you can maybe fill us in on the 2023 draft. You probably know it better than anyone we know. Um, that draft is loaded. So in hindsight, they yeah, Drury really yeah. made out. And he not only did he get a first round pick, Everything he got a conditional fourth round, conditional fourth round pick that could be a third. So now you got even more yeah. assets after he just traded a ton in this at this past trade deadline. So you can't you can't criticize yeah. that. So. What what is your what is your opinion like? How deep is the 2023 draft? Like how how what are we looking Very at? Deep. Well, you're looking at uh, a kid that I have ranked in. Let's say now, like listen, Dallas. We don't know whether, how how good of a season they're going to have, um, and it might get deferred to 24 if Dallas sucks and it's a uh, a top 10 pick. So, uh, but if things go according to plan, which is Dallas, but maybe sneaks into a wild card spot, gets knocked out in the first round. Uh, then you're looking at a pick somewhere in like you know the 17 to uh, to like the 21 range, and the kids I have in that range would probably be like let's say a, like a top you know 10 pick this past draft. So that, that's usually one way to look at wow. it. Uh, but you know it's it's deep with centers, tons of centers, big More centers. Positions. I was thinking Quick the same centers. thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, the WHL like playmakers, but like tough kids, tough like you know, this is the WHL is not going to probably dominate the first round this year. Uh, but then you have the NTDP kids, and you know, so you have everything. You have centers who are playmakers; they're tough and they have speed. So they, it, it fits everything that you'd want. Um, but so we'll, again, take a, we'll take a defenseman. <laughs> or, or goalie. <laughs> that's almost impossible. There's like, oh, this is a thin draft for defense, but it's only like three or four that you, you would consider to be 
like top 15. And there, there are going to be no defensemen unless people think um, this Cam Allen kid in Guelph or uh, Goliath, the Russian kid I love. He's like a, there's a little Zuboff in him. Uh, flashy, very flashy. You know, it's, yeah, that's why I'm like, oh, if you get a defenseman, I don't mind him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be all forwards probably in the first, like, you know, 10 picks. Right. So, you know, uh, but even still, they have two firsts. So think about that. Like, they already have, like, a top 10, 15 form system, depending on how, who you want to consider a prospect. Right. They have a 50-win team. They have the best goalie in the game. They have, you know, uh, Arguably the best top six in the game, pound for pound, with all the the, the scoring spread out. Uh, and now you're going to just add on to this farm system with two first round picks in a deep draft. So yeah, they, they screwed up 03. That was a deep draft. They screwed up 15. That was a deep draft. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, they didn't screw up 89, but then I don't think they have a first round pick that year. But uh, but so this year they could trade. They could make a mistake on a first-round pick, and still have a second one to make up for it. Well, that's what they did uh, so. in uh, 17. Yeah, they, they fucked up with the Anderson, but they got Heedle. Yeah. Let's be honest. Like even, like even 04 was a weak draft. 04 wasn't considered a good draft after like the first couple of guys. So right. they took a shot at Montoya. Korpakoski is the one that became like the worker B, but it's still, you know, you, you wish they did better. But uh, I think the, the approach that the Rangers have – They've been safe the last couple of drafts. They want toughness. They want two-way play. They want aggressiveness. Uh, I, I mostly you know, like up front. I think they're gonna maybe try again with uh, like a like a dynamic skill guy. But that dynamic skill has to have some type of uh, you know intangible uh, like collection of intangibles. Right. You know, whereas like Kako, we knew if he's not scoring. Eh. Kravtsov, we knew if he's not scoring, uh, he ain't that bad, uh, t- uh, you know, two way. But w- with this draft, you're going to find kids who have a lot of skill and they kill. Like this Gautier kid is great. Uh, the uh, Riley Height, the kid from the WHL, and so many kids with speed, with toughness, and skill. And that's that's what makes it special. It's CHL heavy, so it's going to get a lot of hype. Of course, yes. Bedard, Mitchell, Fantilli, Pop. But uh, I'm psyched for it. I, I like. I haven't been focusing on the 23 draft, uh, the, the opening part of the season because all the seasons are started. Because I don't want to. It's it's early. Like you know, there's going right. to be rust. I want to wait until uh, mid season to to really uh, dive deep into them. So, um, but yeah, Rangers Rangers are going to make out quite nicely in this draft. They should at least if they keep the picks. If they keep the picks, yeah, yeah, something catastrophic has to happen for them to keep both these picks. I, I, I would be shocked if, if we go into the 23 draft and they have two first round picks. Unless Jimmy Vesey's got 23 goals by the uh, by the trade <laughs> deadline <laughs> playing on that first line. <laughs> I'm sitting there the other day and I text Rock and I go, all right, so Sammy Blade was the first guy we saw getting, uh, you know, practicing on the first line. And then you heard Goudreau. And I'm like, out of Goudreau, Blay, and VC, who actually fits the first line the best? Like, you know, process, VC by he's far. Tinker. VC by far. Yeah, he's going to tinker uh, Gallant. He's going to tinker, and, you know, and this is what he does. And, right. Uh, right. You know, I think most coaches do it anyway, especially in the beginning of the year. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the, the, the lines work out, I guess, in the beginning. But, you know, much like. Yeah, you know, Crichton's manager might even get broken apart if, if one's like in a slump. And but you know, yeah, the the 
the dedicated the two wing spots on on the top six that were open now with uh, the uh, Vitrano leaving and cop. Uh, cop. So, but again, it, I, I, to me, it doesn't really matter all that much. It's right. just like selfish that I want to see the young kids up there. But again, I, I care about chemistry. I care about results. I care about um, wins. That's all, yeah. you know, you know, we just, so. The kids are still really young to the point where if they were, put it this way, if there was, you take all the veterans in the top six out of it. Would we be going anywhere on a team that's led by Hedl, Lafreniere, Kako, Kravtsov, Othman? Like, we wouldn't be a playoff well, team. Well, with that goal, you never, with that goal, uh, you never sure. know. Uh, yeah. But we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't be but, where we are. So it's there's nothing no, wrong no, with no, them taking not. over when they're 24 and them being the guys at that age. You know, and assuming a depth role right now, but being learning how to be winners, which they will be. Because this team yeah. should be in the playoffs every year of their careers. Well, you look at the triplet line for for uh, Tampa Bay in 2015. That team that went to the right. Cup was with Kucherov, Palat, and Point. Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. 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 Uh, so no, I mean, and they and they us. learned. They played on the third line, and 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 they and look what happened all these years later. And it took them a while to get to where they were. So right. I'm hoping it's yeah. not going to take that long. But, you know, I just got to yeah, see the evolution of a team, of a championship team is, is, is right in front in of the, us. But they were in the cup finals with right. that team, right. with them on, as the tri, you know as the triplet line. Right. Yeah. Which hopefully that's I what think, our kid I line think, is, essentially. Yeah. Same thing with and Sorelli and Joseph, too. Uh, they had to trade Joseph because uh, they wanted Paul. And, and Joseph's actually really good, uh, looking good for Ottawa. Um, but, yeah, like you just you say, the third line ain't bad. No. Right? Uh, and, and, and although... I'm sure, like guys like Lafreniere and Hedl know they could probably run their own line and and, and be in the top six. Uh, they they just they're, they're team they're team oriented. I think they're just going to do whatever's asked right. to them. And Lafreniere went through a lot, you know, took a lot of crap from the blogosphere, from uh, you know, on social media, uh, you know, outside fans, other fan bases are you know, ranking on him because he's he's not producing and he he never changed his style. Uh, you know, he, and he just he was patient, and now you know we've we've seen examples in the postseason, and now in the preseason as well that he he could he could be that guy. He's going to be that guy. What's, just what's funny is the moment that it that it clicked for me as far as no know, just knowing he, what he's going to be when he fought Stamkos. That yeah. just showed that showed yeah. such balls, and it's not like Stamkos is physically intimidating. It's because Stam, you don't as a young kid like that. You don't go fight another team's star. There's just like an unwritten rule. You just don't do that. Like you've heard the line, yeah, yeah, like yeah. You, you don't talk to Mister Sackick. You know, like yeah. you just yeah, yeah, you yeah, don't sure. yeah. you don't go after Stamkos, two-time Cup winning captain. You don't do it, and he did. Yeah, and as yeah. not being yeah. a tough yeah. guy, and, it and, just that showed a lot. Justified too. So hundred percent, hundred percent. But it just it showed he believes in himself, and he believes in his like. His he still thinks of himself as I was the first overall pick in the draft too, guys. Like I still had that stature, yeah. and he's, he's just because, like you said, the blogosphere may shit on him, or you have people comparing him to Tim Stutzla, who had fifty nine points. He doesn't. And he doesn't view it that way. He went nowhere. Exactly. Tim Stutzla was was playing golf. You know, eating eating Venus so the same thing. when <laughs> when when Lafreniere was was scoring big goals in the playoffs. So again, I, I don't. People want to say Jack Hughes or all this. All look, all rookies are better. Yeah, enjoy your rookies. Enjoy them. Right. Absolutely. But 
the goal is to succeed in the playoffs in every sport. That's all that matters. Making the playoffs validates a season. A 60-point season from a rookie does not validate a season, uh, you know, for the, for the team and for the fan base. It's like, oh, okay, that was a nice nugget, but we suck. So that's why uh, any, any criticisms a lot from you, I'm like, I, I don't care. He's going to be fine. Oh, the team's winning. So, you know, suck it. And Lafreniere going into his first NHL season, he didn't play a lot of hockey prior to that, right? Because of COVID, there was uh, wasn't wasn't his league shut down a little bit, Steve? I mean, you watched him. No, you watched well, him play in juniors, like you know, you so you watched him play. You seen you seen his great game evolve. Now, am I wrong? Did didn't he not, didn't he have like a shutdown where the where the league didn't play the Quebec Hockey League? Well, no, because he he his 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 playoffs and, and like regular Ramuski was good. And then in, in uh, March of 2020, uh, they had everybody right. shut down. So he, he had already been drafted uh, by the Rangers in October of 20, and then he was ready to go for that, uh, you know, the shortened season. Okay. So he never really missed it. All he missed out on was a chance at the maybe like the Quebec League title Memorial Cup. But like I've told people, like the Lafreniere that was with Ramuski is the Lafreniere that you're starting to see now. Okay. For a while there, he was just – you know, there was there wasn't any structure in his in his game uh, in the beginning, and that's completely fair and understandable considering that he was a freaking rookie. So, uh, and the Rangers didn't need him to carry the team. They didn't say, "Hey, we suck. Could you please help us?" They're like, "We got veterans here. Oh, look, we got Mister Panarin. We have Mister Zabanajir. We have Mister Kreider. These are all veterans here. You watch what they do. You learn from them. We don't need you to try to outplay them or outscore them." And most fans don't realize that. They think that, oh, he shows up his first overall pick, he has to outscore the freaking, you know, the, the eight and ten year right. NHL veterans who, you know. Well, that's the problem, too. They th- and they, and the, it's not, it's not the, 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 the diehard fans. It's more the novice fans. And they throw that word generational out there. But to me, generational is Crosby. It's Ovechkin. It's Connor yeah, McDavid. Yeah. It's Austin Matthews. And even Matthews is – I guess you could put Matthews in that category. And I think when they, when they don't step in and they don't produce right away, you go, you throw your hands up in the air and you go, oh, here yeah, we thought this guy was gonna was gonna be our savior. And you know, listen, sometimes it takes guys time to to kind of percolate a little bit, you know. And McCarr, I throw McCarr in that in that. Uh... McCarr was the first overall. I was kind of throwing the first oh, overall just, in there, oh, but oh, no, oh, but oh, that's oh. that's fair. That's fair. I mean, we talked about I mean, Kovalev. It just. It just uh... Yeah, I mean, imagine if uh, like we, like we didn't have social media back in in, in like oh, they you know, killed the, Kovalev in the in the nineties, killed him. Yeah, like you just you know you you want more out of him, and and Kovalev actually was pretty productive. Like all things in the considered. playoffs, he was fantastic um, in ninety four. He was amazing uh, in ninety four. Yeah, like, like his rookie year when the team sucked, uh, he, he he you know that team had a lot of wings It had like fifteen wings. They're all good. Uh, and so that's why they made those trades. Uh, but the, yeah, again, I'm not, I'm not, I've never been worried about Lafreniere. I'm definitely worried about Kako. He's the guy that I'm worried about. Kravtsov I could deal with because I know that he's a good player and, and he can probably tailor his game to suit more of like a bottom six. Uh, so if, if, if it just doesn't work out, but Kako is the guy I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned about. And until he proves me wrong, uh, we've seen him have good stretches, but the shot looks better this off season. I've noticed this preseason. Just every, just he, I want everything right. though. I want smart decisions on the puck. Know what to position himself. Win puck battles. Win win fifty fifty foot races. Uh, right. uh, little things like that. I want to see some like more hunger in his game. Like Lafreniere, you know, freaking launching himself into people in the forecheck. Sometimes you got to do that. 
uh, maybe to get the butterflies out or just, you know, kind of like let the opposition know that like you're in the game and they need to take notice when you're on the ice. So it's not like he's small, um, six, three, two, like two Oh five. Yeah. Big boy. I, he doesn't have to be, I'm not saying he has to be a goon, no. you know, I just, I, I want him to like, you know, you, his thing in Finland was puck protection, shot release, and being able to sneak into soft spots undetected. And he just has not done any of that in the NHL. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out why I can't. So right. only he knows maybe some of the staff and the play of dev guys, but well, we'll see. My biggest, the biggest thing that I take from, uh, from the young kids that just taking strides forward is Heedle. I mean, I, I know that I've been all, all in camp Heedle, you know, going into last year. And halfway through the year, I was almost ready to give up on him. You know, when we were, talk- yeah. Rob, when we were talking, like, who was gone at the deadline? Like, that was the number one guy you had circled. That, like, he's yeah. just not going to be here because they're going to have to eventually pay him. Eight and goals. It just doesn't score. Eight goals. And he can't stay healthy. He got benched that one game and came back at the end of the regular season. And whatever he what, – he became a different player in the playoffs. And – yeah. He's looked that way again in the preseason, so I'm hoping it really carries over. And he just puts together, you know, first of all, plays 75-plus games. Enough of this getting hurt and, you know, start and stop, start and stop, because he's not a quick healer. And he's been fragile. Yeah. But, you know. Philip Riddle. That, that's huge. That's huge if he could if he could really become something, you know, produce. Yeah, and he, he would also uh, solidify a key position, you know, uh, that – you know, you, you lock. Uh, you have Trocheck, Mika locked up. Right. If Heedle's like, you know what, I'm good. I'm good with the three C. Uh, I want to be here a long time. You know, the, 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 his contract. Uh, he's he's playing. In a, I think. Uh, yeah, this is a contract. Year, he's an RFA. He's an RFA. This year. He's an RFA. So so, I'd like to see a career high. I want to see a career season from Philip Heedle. That would make me right. happy. Uh, if, if he's mediocre, or he, he's up and down. And make suffer in the playoffs. I'm fine with that too. That's his reputation, you know. Uh, you know that he shows up in the like, like uh, Broussard, right? right. Broussard was was good in the regular season, uh, but he clearly elevated his game in the playoffs. So Scott's um, got 29 goals in the regular season. One stuff for them. One time. One time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah no, but he, I was a big Broussard guy. He was good. <laughs> I like Broussard. Well, I love Broussard. I'm just saying that, like. You know, he wasn't no. consistent, like, no. you know, in, in his, his range no. of career, but he was in the playoffs. Right. So, again, Hedl has the job. It's his. He's There's no competition. He's going to, you know, it's his to lose, really. Uh, you know, so hopefully he stays healthy. But um, if they have to keep the kid line together, it makes him happy. It makes Kako happy and Lafreniere happy. Uh, you know, their points for 60, their production for 60 at five on five is is damn good. Right. Uh, you know, uh, consider that, they, you know, the second power play unit is is pretty much not a thing. And so, um, you know, I, I just I I think Lafreniere and, and even Crab sort more so than Kako. I think they're ready for top six, though. I think they're ready for that. And even though in the beginning it might take a while, mm-hmm. like stick with it. You know, and the power play, I know people also complain about the power play time with Lafreniere and Kako. Listen, it's the top five power play. Why? Yeah, so I clearly don't, it's working. Why would you want to ever get those guys off the ice on the power play? I don't, I don't understand yeah, that. They, Carolina had, I think, the, the one of the, the best, well, the second, first or second best PK in the game. And they had, they couldn't stop the range of power oh, play right. uh, in the playoffs last year. Uh, and so, 
That's why, I, I, again, I think everybody just understands. I think the fans, a lot of fans do, most fans do, do, some don't. But the players and the coaching staff in the front office, they seem to get it. Like, we're good. Like, oh, I don't care that you're, you're the guy that you, you know, bet on last night didn't play. Like, you know, the, the job is to win. Right. And they all seem to love playing for the organization. And that's common with the Rangers that – uh, the taxes are pretty bad, but other than that, <laughs> Rangers treat their players like, yeah, they treat their players like gold. So, right. uh, it's a good spot to be. And really the, the rebuild was a freaking. I'll, I'll go on and I'll say it, man. I hope I don't jinx it. The rebuild was a freaking success. It was a 1000% success. So you got to give uh, Gordon credit, um, you know, in that regard, but, uh, and even to a degree, David Quinn, I don't know who wants to do it, but they improved every year under him. So he must've, he, 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 even if David Quinn didn't do anything right, he didn't really do anything wrong. See, they have, right. David you know, Quinn had five guys have career years. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Five guys so, had career years under David Quinn. As a rookie NHL coach too. He was a rookie. Like you see these, these gurus from junior hockey and from the AHL, they're like, oh, this guy is going to be great college. And they show up and the, the, the locker room is toxic. I mean, look, Quinn had locker room problems too, but I don't think it was his, right. his fault. <laughs> no. You know? um, no. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's just, you know, people who've been following me for a while know like, I've always been a, a very, uh, not necessarily pessimistic, but skeptic Ranger fan. Right. The last couple of seasons, I, I'm, you should be – if I'm optimistic, you should be optimistic. <laughs> and more about Heedle and, and how key he is to, you know, how much we need him to succeed. What's behind him as far as centers? Call Hendrickson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Call. Well, listen, they, they have bodies. They have names. Right. 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 Hodorenko wasn't that bad in Hartford, you know. He, he you know, if you want to say Brodzinski's a center, although he plays oh. wing every time he comes up, you know, he's not he's not a bad option. Um, you know, Carpenter, uh, you know, I mean, it's again, it's 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 they. I think I'm a Reeves guy now. I before I wasn't a Reeves guy, and I think that you can have Rock's a big Reeves guy. Dare I say you could have like an eye on this fourth line. I think that they have that. Maybe Reeves isn't as like skilled or, you know, his hands aren't as soft as Matt Martin's. But if they, they, they I think they're one player away from that. And I think it might be center mm-hmm. rice. So, uh, but the fourth line, when they're effective, they can be effective. They're just not effective enough. Um, but there's really not like, pro- I mean, if, there are kids like re- well, that's what I mean. That's is, what I mean. Coming up in the system, well, I mean, it's Ryder well, Korzak. Yeah, Korzak and, and, and Grub. Which one has a better chance of having a better they, career? They, listen, we have to see these kids. These kids are good in junior hockey. I like them a lot. I covered them, but oh, got to see what they do in Hartford. Hartford uh, got rid of a bunch of guys last year, um, mostly wings. But the you know, it looks like like Riedel, you know, he's a center. I like him. I like him too a lot. I like yeah. him too a lot. Yeah, uh, apparently Gallant likes him a lot too. So um, six three and can know, move. We'll see how that competition goes. They, but they, you know, they still have all these guys, these uh, HL contract dudes down there. Right, Brzezinski's brother. Um, but pipeline wise, uh, you know, they, they drafted I think three centers last year, but two were overages. So they, they, it's all college in Europe. Right. Uh, Henriksen, I think. Don't say it. I don't. Was he sent? Was he sent he, nope, back to Sweden, Hartford. or is he? 
He's in Hartford. All right, so he this is his shot, though. I mean, he was always blocked in with Frolunda. Okay. Uh, he couldn't play uh, top minutes. He played top six a couple of times, but it was mostly middle six to fourth line. Uh, but he's a smaller guy. He's a playmaker, pass first. Not bad defensively, strong balance. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's going to be a new guy in Hartford. It's completely new surroundings. Uh, he's played in big games before because you know, for London's the big program there in Sweden. Right. But, um, I'm not expecting a lot out of him because it's, like I said, his first North American season. I uh, could be mistaken. He could, you know, hit the ground running and, and start putting up points early. But, I, you know, unfortunately, he was our top center prospect for so long. He's not going to make this team anytime soon. Right. You know, like, you know, like you got – you committed to the first two guys, the veterans, uh, like only an injury or multiple injuries, like a catastrophic uh, run of, uh, you know, walking wounded and so on. You, you'll you'll see a guy like Henriksen play. But, hey, you know, for a couple of years, it was fun talking yeah. about it. And uh, if, if the best thing for him right now from the organization standpoint, succeed in the AHL boost your value right. and be competitive at the next training camp. Uh, the guy, it's funny when I, so I went to the devil, the, uh, the Ranger devil game at the garden with the, the shit show that okay. they, that they put on the yeah, ice. It was, was really bad. And so I'm sitting, I'm actually sitting in rock section. So I had a you know, nice little center ice view of uh, seeing what was going on. The one guy for us that completely stood out to me where I was like, this guy can move. It's Kodorenko. He could fly. Huh? Yeah. I didn't know he yeah, was fast kid. like that. He's, he could fly. Yeah, he's uh, he was an NTDP kid. It's funny, like uh, in his draft year, he got a little knocked for his skating, but uh, he went to Michigan State. Just he went to, to like a big time program. Yeah, he went to Michigan State, and he within a couple of years was their top center, big kid, physical, two way type. Uh, he's a California kid, I think, so he's kind of got like uh, you know that that attitude, but. Um, yeah, like, you know, it's just, again, it, you feel bad for some of these kids in a way, but sometimes they, they, they like the fact that they're part of a winning organization. And other teams know, like, hey, if the Rangers are, you know, top-notch uh, organization, they do so well, we want players who have been a part of that program. And we want to, you know, like, we want to get a guy like Kodorenko and give him uh, a chance. So, uh, you know, Hartford has to bounce back, though. They had a bad, yes. bad second half yes, last year. Freaking disaster. I couldn't even watch anymore. Remember, everyone was like, oh, bring up Kincaid right. <laughs> because George was struggling. I'm like, no, no, you don't, don't. And Kincaid, by the way, made a beautiful save the other day <laughs> the Devils, uh, uh, for, for the Bruins. But, um, uh, yeah, Hartford's going to have their mix of veterans, and so it's not going to be all kids. It's going to be a mostly older team. I think maybe that that's the, the intent. Like, you know, they have responsibility to right. the community there. They're usually good every year. They've been good. Um, you know, you, you still have guys like um, uh, Robinson down there. Uh, you'll have uh, Ty Emerson will be down there. Yeah, Hunter Skinner. Um, uh, you know, they uh, Trevino. You want to see how how he does? Uh, you know, he's a small skill guy, Cooley. Um, so again, I, I think I, I think they'll be good. But yeah, like you said, Kotarenko. You know, he's he's. You know, I would say pretty much close to uh, NHL caliber right now. Not Maybe not for the Rangers, but for a couple of teams. Right. It's, you know. The other big name we always keep hearing about, and obviously, I mean, me and, me and Rock don't watch amateur. I, I used to watch a little bit. I used to try and get into it. I, I just don't have time anymore to, to do the amateur uh, the amateur thing. 
give us a little bit on uh, Brett Burrard because he's someone that we haven't gotten to see yet at uh, you know in training camp and stuff like that. What, what, what do you well, see him I mean, in a couple of years? He's gonna he's gonna make that competition for wing. He's another reason why uh, the the you know, like the team is is gonna have the cream always rise to the top is because the second they drafted him, I knew that he was a skilled guy for the NTDP, but I never really appreciated how tough he was and how he's, he really is like a Marshand where he will, he's just diving, always diving into piles, taking hits, abrasive. He's one of the top scores now for Providence as I thought he's only a, well, he'll be a junior this year. Uh, I don't know if he's going to leave early, though, because of that logjam that we, we talk about now at the wing. Wow. Uh, but maybe, you know, the fourth line is his destiny. Uh, if that's the case, he will gladly take it. He was a mid-round pick. Uh, and he could be like a Gallagher of, like, best-case scenario. Uh, Martian is a little, you know, we can always say, oh, he's going to be on the league. No, 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 no. But I think, like, like a Gallagher, a Gallagher or a a similar, like, you know, smaller pest, pesty type. Uh, and so, you know, when you watch him play in college, like he's got, he's got swagger. Like, you know, he's, he's a small guy, but he's quick. He's, uh, he's dangerous with the puck. And it, like, he just, he's like a leader. He's a non-ice leader. And I'm, I'm pretty, I bet Leem and the coach, they probably loves him. Uh, so, when he does show up now, look who he's going to be. He's a left wing. He's going to be competing with Orthman <laughs> and Cooley. And it's going to, again, this is a good thing to have. And unfortunately, we can't have a 55-win team and conference finals with nothing but, you know, drafted kids mm-hmm. and kids that, like, we've been pulling for for the last, let's say, uh, two to five years. Right. But Barad's fine. I mean, he, he's in college. We haven't seen him yet in the pro game. But he's a guy. He's gonna he's gonna show up to camp, and he's gonna turn heads. I guarantee it. At least in, in, in uh, one of his first two seasons at the at the main camp. So, uh, you know, just it's like a case of the, like the rich getting yeah. richer. But Berard had a rough World Juniors. Is that accurate? I didn't That's think what so. Jeff, I uh, was, Jeff Marrick mentioned something about him that they liked his game, but he that he felt that he took a step back. Uh, I'm just going by what I heard. Well, I didn't watch. Scoring. I didn't watch. I didn't watch much of the World Juniors. I'm just going by what I heard that they were, were I mean, expecting more mean, from him. It's meaningless. It's it's meaningless. Like Matt, they said Matt Nyes that didn't play well. I thought he played fine. What I look for, I, I don't look for scoring. I don't look for in, in, even in tournaments like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't look for even like creating scoring chances on a consistent basis. I look for their effort at the end of shifts. I look at their, their are they elevating playing the third period? Are they sacrificing their body? And Broad, you'll never you'll never not get that okay. from him. And that's what he, he showed in that tournament. So I, I would I would know. I like I'm I'm a, I'm very critical of players uh you know when it comes to stuff like this. And if, if a guy dogs it or is you know, there's a difference between bad luck or just not getting the breaks and mailing it in and being ineffective and lollygagging right. and, and just being outworked by the other players. That was definitely not the case right. uh, at, at the World Juniors with Barard. Someone like so. Barard, though, Barard succeeds. And to me, he seems like a player who will succeed in a system where everyone's on the same page in the way they're yeah. playing. World yeah. Juniors is basically open hockey, just everyone playing for the same country. There's no, there's no system. There's no 
everyone's yeah. out for themselves essentially. Maybe you'll get a pair that'll play that'll play well together because they played together growing up and shit like that. Yeah, and, and the thing is, Team USA looked phenomenal up until the Czech game. Mm-hmm. They they were phenomenal. They were better than Canada. They looked better than Canada. Like everything was clicking. They were getting uh, depth scoring. Guys like Mazer, uh, Coronado, who I wanted the Rangers to draft, but they took Othman, so I'm not too mad about that. But the uh, yeah, the Team USA was fine. So all right, so the Czechs play a freaking great match, right? They they beat the US at their own game. They get a couple lucky breaks. People are going to say, they're going to point fingers. Oh, this guy should have done more. This guy should have did more. It's typical sports fan knee-jerk uh, reaction when they It seems like the World Juniors is like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, it's put on a higher pedestal maybe than it should. Is that accurate? Oh, my God. Well, that's the Canadian media. Yeah. It's, it's entertaining, like, but that's all it is. It's entertaining. If you're, if you're doing – It's entertaining, yeah. That's why I laugh. Like, that's why I love reading Steve's stuff because Steve watches these guys literally since you know they hit puberty oh, and is making notes on every – you know the first time he sees people. And then you have these – some people that write these articles that literally only saw them play in the World Juniors. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's not a fair evaluation. It's, it's – again, it's, it's you know, open hockey. Like, it's not – a guy playing in his system with his coach, with his teammates for year round. Yeah. We really get a sense of yeah. how they are as a player. This is just throw everybody out there and go, go well, play. Like, okay. So like, like in the NFL draft, right? What's more important, the pro days or the freaking the bowl game, you could have a bad bowl game. If you smoke the freaking the, uh, the combine, that's all that matters. Right. And in addition to what you did during the, uh, during the season. So and like, I don't, why, why are we putting, and this is, again, this is, a, this is mostly the Canadians. I love them for loving hockey as much as they do, but this whole hockey Canada thing with the freaking, the pressure they put on their kids, like, if you're going to make a tournament out to be more than it really is, which is just a freaking tournament, right. it's just a turn. It's a midseason. It's a midseason tournament. It's not even a playoff tournament. It's a midseason tournament right. uh, that, that and all these kids, they, they say, oh, I want to wear my play, play for my country. They, they care more about their club teams. You know what I mean? They were, you know, winning with them. So, uh, you know, I, I just get frustrated when prospects who've proven themselves in against their peers who they're playing in this tournament right. are like overcome criticized because they're not really delivering a historic or near historic performances. Think about how messed right. up that is. Oh he didn't have 14 points in eight games. Oh he's not as good as that guy. It's like oh and you gotta deal with it right. and and it's frustrating but like yeah, it is frustrating. Imagine. Very frustrating. I and that's why I'm sometimes more abrasive than the average guys because I'm like no in the in the in like the in the NFL, they would never do that. They would never like say, "Oh, this guy struggled against an elite defense." Right? It's never like they never give credit to the opposition. Right. It's always like, "Oh, you know, what a shameful performance." They they, they, they played <laughs> terribly. Well, I'm going to give the other team. The other team is really good too. Let's give them credit. You can't win every game seven or every freaking uh, Super Bowl. So. Again, uh, you know, but th- hyping it up and making it out more than it is is how TSN makes money off right. it, and you know it, it won't change. Get it. No. You'll say, "Well, look at the intro this I year." Get it. Right? You know, they'll, they'll be like, "Oh, this is the most important tournament in the world." <laughs> <laughs> After Christmas, like I don't know. I think that like we got bowl games coming up. There's more important stuff going on than the frick world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. 
So I, I just want to put like a crazy no, tangent. No, it's beautiful though. <laughs> you're right though. You're 100 right because you hear the World Juniors. They really pump the World Juniors, and they and they almost like uh, I don't know, hypnotize you into thinking that that tournament is more important than it really is. So it's a good, it's a good, yeah. it's a good and, uh, analysis. And the thing is though, like the kids, the, the the kids, it's a big deal to them too. That's why. Um, you know, you could still celebrate it for what, you know, for the skill and being the best on best tournament, but the marketing thing, it's just, it's something that we Americans, uh, even with, with like March Madness, like the country doesn't really shut down. March Madness is in office pools and yeah, we all know right. about it, but the country doesn't shut down. And like, if, you know, it's not like if, if like a favorite team that we all bet on chokes that we're, you know, oh, the shame, what a shameful, like, eh, it happens, you know, but I don't know. <laughs> anyway. I get it. Um, Rock, what do you got? So my last guy that I was curious about was uh, McConnell Barker. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Yep. Where do, where do you sure. see him long term? I mean, I, I know that he had first round aspirations. The team, teams thought that he could possibly be a first round pick. Uh, he's kind of slid yep. a lot. Where, where do you see him long term? Well, he was a uh, – the reason why I think he didn't get as much hype as he may have deserved is that his team was really deep, uh, Sault Marie. So it's almost like a Lafreniere situation where they, they didn't need him to be the number one guy. He was a high OHL priority pick, and he was like fourth overall. So like Othman, you know, he had uh, a pretty strong reputation in Ontario hockey circles, which is a pretty big deal. And, you know, in the beginning of the season last year, he kind of was like – not really going through the motions. He was just, you know, trying to fit into a team that was a freaking powerhouse, scoring a ton of goals. And then finally, at like the second half, he solidified a, a top six role. The coach was just leaning on him over the veterans in the playoffs. He's playing 20 plus minutes a game. He's a good skater. He's big. He's got good size. He hits. He's aggressive on the four check. So he fits that mold like we talked about. Um, I think that you have to rank him high in the prospect depth chart at the center position because of his size and his ability to skate. So, and, and like his two-way acumen as well. Uh, so, whereas we have some smaller guys in there, you don't know if the game's going to translate. Are they maybe going to peak at the HL? So, I predicted that McConnell Balker was going to have a, a breakout offensive season this year in the OHL. Like, maybe not one of the top scorers in the league, but maybe... Uh, you know, you know, become like a 40-40 guy. And in that league, it ain't that hard to do. Right. But uh, become like a 40-40 guy, a top-line right. guy. He was on the top power play unit for, for Sault Ste. Marie. It was a good one, and he ran the half wall for them okay. uh, in the playoffs. In the playoffs. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So think about that. Like, you know, so uh, I, I'm not going to say the sky's the limit, but he's a, a kid that might be a sleeper, a, a kid that I, I ranked high. Or I had him ranked in like the mid-30s. Because of his second half, I wanted to reward him for it. Right. Uh, but we'll see him in camp. Uh, I didn't see any. Of the, was he at rookie camp? I didn't see any of the, like the tournament. He was at the rookie year. camp, but he uh, wasn't. Uh, he wasn't at, at the the regular camp. Right, like yeah. he was like Traverse City, or whatever they did. Yeah. But the um, but the uh, we'll see next year. Will be a, a, a big test for him. You would say he's but, a uh, number one center prospect camp. then, right? Would you have him over Korzak, or you still have Korzak ahead of him? Uh, on upside, I would give the edge to McConnell Balker. Korzak is really good. He's just his, his skating is kind of decent. Uh, he's actually doing quite, but he's just to put on. He needs to pack on more muscle, get get tougher. Right. Uh, you know, in in the corner, but he plays in the dub. It's a good tough league. He's 
He's he's a, like a leader on his team and stuff. Right. Um, yeah, he played with uh, the Furcus kid, Jaga Furcus and uh, Eric Gallery. Like like you know, he's he's a line driver. I like about that. McConnell Balker, though, I just think because of his size right. and uh, he's got, I guess, more visible on ice, pre- more visible on ice presence. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, Dan, Danny McGillicuddy says we have to uh, compensate you since you're. Uh, you're missing the Lethbridge uh, Saskatoon game right now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, there's a whole bunch. I have a whole schedule. Uh, yeah, I have like OHL game. I got to watch the J20 in Sweden. I'm, and I got to do these podcasts. I, I still have like uh, like uh, twelve more teams to do. I got to do twelve teams in six days. Steve, I don't know how you do that long by yourself. I really don't. It's very impressive to do that long. Do an hour and would you do an hour and forty five minutes on the Rangers? That's nothing. Two and I did a I did a two and a half hours last year. Hour I know. <laughs> yeah, uh, listen, it's just like you know, any I, I just have all these thoughts in my head, and yeah. I, I just like carry a note notepad with me, and I write them down. I'm like, oh, I got to talk about this, and then, uh, you know, it's like like this podcast. I could go on for another hour. 100%. You know, just, uh, uh, you know, when uh, you understand, I think for what it is, is like for so long. Uh, maybe being in the, in the, you know, in the military and away from like real Ranger fans, being away from New York. I was never really around a lot of Ranger fans. Uh, it was always like, you know, stupid families, a bunch of Islander fans. <laughs> and so, uh, when I, when I started doing this, I'm like, all right, now I could kind of be a part of a, a little mini Ranger community. And it's good to know that there are people out there that are just as freaking crazy as, uh, as I am about the team. Actually, you know, you know, what I watched today, uh, remember the, the 30 for 30, June seventeenth, nineteen ninety four. Yes, that was so well done. Yes, I, so well done. I watched it the the when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I watched it again, but but it's like ten years old or like eight years old. I watched it today uh-huh. for the first time in a long. I'm like, crazy how that whole day went. People have no idea like how great of a freaking time that was. How amazing of a time that was. It it got to the point when the Knicks lost. As mad as we yeah. were, we're like, yeah, the Rangers, yeah. the Rangers, though, and we had that. Uh, but um, yeah, I think I, I think that the, the, the new this current generation of Ranger fans are in for a treat. Like they're gonna, um, I, I don't think it's really the last time was probably like the Gilbert, uh, Jacquemin, Brad Park era where you see a group get developed, homegrown, and then and then they deliver results that you never thought you'd ever see. Uh, in that case, going to the Stanley Cup final, uh, you know, in the seventies when, then we never really had that, like the 94 team was kind of a, you know, all the, the, the New York Oilers and, right. uh, right. you know, and at the tail end, we got Gretzky on his last legs. And then on the Tortorella, although that team was mostly uh, homegrown, it didn't really have any like star players outside of, outside Hank. of Lundquist. Yeah, outside of Hank, it was yeah. Like you had like, that like, next tier. You had Gabrick. Like, you had Nash. You had that next team. tier, but you didn't have like the Panarin yeah, type but, guy. But this group right. now, this group, and we got a couple more kids uh, coming, uh, a, a day, you know, in the pipeline, where it, it could be the since the, the first time. And I'm not overstating this. I'm not. I don't think uh, this is like an outlandish take, or I'm being a homer. Like they like. I never thought I'd say this, but I feel really comfortable with Drury running the team uh, because it seems like his whatever his plan was. I'm still mad about the which never trade, but whatever his plan is, <laughs> he had a rough start to like, the offseason last last year. He did. He made a lot yeah. of boo boos. Yeah, yeah, Nemeth, yeah. But, but but even still, Nemeth, like, 
You have yeah, to. It was a lot. It was bad. Yeah, but you have to allow the the, the group, the defense core to 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 develop. Still, it's the youngest defense core in the league. I think it is like out of all the playoff teams, at least it's the youngest defense core, younger than Colorado's. I I think so, Miller's going to uh, wind up being an absolute stud. Yeah, and like I think sooner, the whole sooner group we, will be. Yeah, sooner than we think. They're going to have to make tough decisions, the too. Whole group. They're not going to be able to keep all these guys. Right now, five of the six five of the six defensemen on opening night are going to be guys that either were uh, – who played in Hartford or were drafted by the Rangers or acquired before – in Fox's case, acquired before they even ever played a game in the right. NHL. Right. So think about that. Like, you basically – and they're all under 25 years old. Uh, Lindgren is on New Girardi. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and I think he's going to be a better, better than Girardi. Uh, you know, Miller is, uh, you know, like we said, sky's the limit with him. And now we get to see Zach Jones. And I hope Zach Jones, you know, you saw it in, in the preseason. I saw it in Hartford almost all last year that that pairing isn't going to be, I think, just 12, 13 minutes a game. Maybe, maybe not this year, but a Schneider-Jones pairing they could essentially have three 20-minute-a-night pairings um, uh, eventually. It doesn't always work out that way because of special teams, but um, you know, the more you could rest Fox, the more you could rest Lindgren for like you know, right. a guy filling in a physical role, a guy filling in as a power play quarterback. The Rangers have that. I, I completely disagreed with uh, Larry Brooks and his assessment of Jones as a defenseman, basically saying that Hayek was better defensively than him. I'm like – are we watching? This? And I don't mind Hayek as a well, seventh that, defenseman. That, uh, like, I don't. Is this off of one game or? No, just in, as, as a general statement that him being on the team might not be best suited for him because he's not going to play. He's not going to be on the second power play. So why is he here? It's the IQ. Hayek doesn't have the IQ. Jones has the IQ. He makes small plays on the pressure. That's the big thing. Hayek could be a turnover machine. I like Hayek. Yeah, I like him as a and seventh defenseman. Him. He's fine there. Yeah, but no, 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 no. Jones, Jones Schneider is what exactly what you want. Right. A playmaker who could right. skate and ditch the puck and elude traffic and have soft hands and handle tough passes and make plays in the neutral zone and keep plays in at the line and the physical guy to cover down for him when he's executing and he's controlling the puck. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. And I like why you, we thought it was gonna- And Jones put on some he said, I I want to be tough enough to play in this league, put on some weight. Which is fine. Didn't look like it slowed him down at all. So, if Hayek one on one, if a defender's coming at Hayek and the defender's coming at Jones, if Hayek is equal to Jones, it's still not as good because Jones is able to get the puck out of the zone a lot quicker and more efficiently than Hayek ever will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, it's an old school mentality. Yeah. I'm not knocking Larry uh, per se, but it's just like you know, I just dis- I disagree with it because it's you know Hayek is it's all about also sealing too. And think about what the Rangers just did. They just moved what, at one point, was their best offensive defense prospect. And so now you have Jones in that mix. And the, the difference, though, is that Nemeth isn't a freaking grenade. Uh, I mean, uh, Schnott is not a grenade like, like Nemeth. So, you know, it's all about exchanges, exchanges spacing, chemistry. Those things matter. Right. And... Uh, you know, I just I, I like how quick Jones is to react to re, uh, when he's retreating. He'll, 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 he'll try to activate. He'll take a chance, but then he'll, he'll know when to uh, cut his losses and double back. And he's usually in position. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things to to break down with Jones before you can make a statement like that. So if Larry did his homework and that's what he thinks, God bless him. But I, I, 
wholeheartedly disagree. Yeah, you and me both. What about you, Rock? Where are you? I, I I like Jones, but I think in a physical playoff series, I think he's going to get exploited. That's just me. I've seen him. He he got he got muscled in front of the net a few times against the Islanders in the first game that I saw. I think he still needs to. The physical part of the game might might hinder him, and especially against a bigger team in a tough playoff series. I think he might have have a problem. I think long term. I don't know if he's long for this team at all, to be perfectly honest with you. I think you need to have more of a, a grizzled, not grizzled, but more of a veteran type guy to be on your third pair who can, who can play in, in those tougher games. And I, I just don't know. I have to see it. I hope he proves me wrong. I, I, I like him as a player. And I think if there's no Fox and, and maybe there's, there's no Truba or no Miller, maybe he's under different circumstances, but he's another small defenseman. And I th- we've seen those the small defensemen when the playoffs come around. We've seen Samuel Gerrard get 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 rocked. We've seen McAvoy in in big spots. Sometimes those small defensemen in in a, in a playoff series get get pushed around a little bit. So that's my only concern. I mean the uh, the uh, if you, Hartford last year was it was pretty physical and he handled it, he didn't handle it badly. So that was one thing. The other thing is, is Fox is another guy that people were concerned with uh, with his ability to handle physicality and taking hits and coming away with the puck. And we've seen that if you got the IQ and you could handle the puck, uh, you know, so with Lundqvist last year, uh, he, he just looked too nervous. He wasn't confident at all. And I bet he'd even admit that. Uh, whereas with Jones, though, you'll probably get more confidence. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a third pairing, you probably, especially on the road, the other team's going to try to match up that top line against you, the, the, a skilled top line. So, yeah, in trench warfare, you know, Jones is a guy that needs to work on something. But in a possession game, uh, you know, escapability, handling passes and, and clearing it without icing, little things like that is what Jones can do. So, again, we'll, yeah. we'll see how it no, goes. I, I hope I hope. But I, I think that long term, <laughs> yeah, long term, um, you know, I, it looks like the intent is to, is to go with – like a, a homegrown defense right. and right. as long as you got ego back there and good dedicated back checking forwards and uh two deadly scoring lines uh that you i think we have you, three you could run that rip. i think we have three deadly score I'm, this kid line i mean they dominated in the eastern conference finals yeah that if was one of the most dominating shifts i've ever seen steve i mean you've, you've watched hockey probably just as long as we have you watched that that Tampa Bay game one that series with with uh, with that kid line. Have you ever seen a more dominant possession peer, uh, possession moment in, in any time of watching this game? I know I haven't. Can you think? Of- yeah, well, the Red oh. Army teams. The old Red <laughs> Army teams. Okay, all right. Yeah, and the old Oilers, they they kind of you know. But the yeah, as the, a Ranger the, fan though, a the, Ranger team, as a, yeah, a Ranger line. I, I mean. <laughs> You know, d- d- dominating shifts, dominating the cycle, finishing your checks, w- like winning foot races, and that was against uh, a good line. I think who was on the ice, Sean, for that that shift? It was the Eastern Conference Finals. It's another. Well, I'm just saying, but I, I believe I believe <laughs> yeah. Stamkos yeah. is on the ice. If I, my memory serves me correctly, it wasn't like they were playing against their fourth exactly line. Was on the ice. It but wasn't like it was line, Corey Perry and they, Maroon. They did that. So here's the thing. I know I, I, I people who who like have heard me before probably like dude shut up about that stupid game already but i can't help it the home and home series with the islanders last year uh, where, where the kid line was was there it was david quinn's kid line 
and or two seasons ago, and Kravtsov was on the fourth uh-huh. line, and they 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 dominated the Islanders possession wise. It was like six shifts in a row, I think I counted, where Lafreniere, Heedle, and uh, Kako would not let Barzell get the uh, get the puck, and he they were forcing turnovers, and then that's when after the game they interviewed Matt Martin. He's like. Yeah, this range of team, man. I don't know. They they got like the best top six in the league, and now they have these kids contributing too. So right. that to me was a big deal because I'm like, yes, see, look, an opponent, right. uh, you know, on a better right. team at the time, just gave credit to the kids and how the team was built and how dangerous they could be, and we saw that last year. So I wasn't really all that surprised to be honest with you. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm glad that that the. They were able to do that because it takes pressure away from right. the, the the bigger yeah. ones. When you're cycling and you're hitting, you're wearing down the other team. It's yeah. simple as that. Well, and when what I love about that yeah. line is that they're all three kids. None of them are conceding to the other. Whereas when you put Lafreniere up with with Kreider and Zibanejad, he's just trying he's trying to stay out of their way and, and just compliment them because those are the vets. When you have Kako, who seems to be timid just by nature, playing on the line with Panarin. He's just trying to do whatever it is to make Mr. Panarin happy. When those yeah. three kids are out yeah. there playing, they're all like, they're, I think all the pressure's off all three of them, and they can just go play. Right? They're not trying good, to. Yeah. They don't need to to funnel toward one or the other. It's they all know how to play the That's same style of hockey without saying like, I need to get the puck to Lafreniere, I need to get the puck to Heedle, or 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 any of them. Just That's a good. They point. just go and play. That's a good point. Yeah, and that that might be the the strategy behind Gallant rolling the kid line out again and not putting one of those guys in the top six. It's like, hey, when they're when they're playing with one another, they have fun and they're not complaining. They they're, they're right. okay with the ice time. So, um, uh, but you know, it's a contract year two for Lafreniere, I think, isn't it? Nope, or is that next year? year? No, it's this year. Sure. Yeah, so he's probably going to want to make some money. Uh, so you have to keep an eye on that. Uh, Kratsov as, as well. There, actually, so many of our kids are. You got Kratsov. Um, you got Kratsov, Hedl, Lafreniere, Miller, Zach Jones. Um, who am I missing, Sean? Gautier, I, I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if you throw those guys in. He just can't score. He can't score. Uh, Miller, he, he's like Chris I said, if, he's, he's like great, Michael Grabner. All these great chances. He's, he's Michael Grabner, Steve. If, if he learned how to kill penalties, well, can score in the if he net, could kill penalties, you know, that uh, guy could be have a role in this league. That's what he needs to reinvent yeah. himself. An empty net yeah, score and a penalty killer. Yeah. You can play on your fourth line, kill penalties, and be and if but I don't know if he's great defensively, that's the other problem. But if you can figure out a way to, okay. to reinvent your game, yeah, that's the only way he's gonna stay in this league because he can't score. He can't score. I mean you watched you watched the devil game yeah, the other night? What do you have? Yeah, Seven yeah, yeah. He, had the, he has the most like- <laughs> grade A chances in this preseason by any range of forward. He has yeah. no goals. I mean he's getting robbed blatantly. I mean it's just it's it's a shame. Right. It's, Sometimes you got, they got to go in though, you know. Yeah, it's just listen. It, I could just see the contract negotiation now for Go, for Goche, the agent going. <laughs> this guy draws a penalty every other shift. Well, that too. That's, he's good at that. <laughs> he's the best power play in the league. You know, you're on the power play X amount of times per per uh, sixty minutes because yeah. of my client. Yeah. <laughs> like, what else there can I go in there and say other than that? <laughs> it's his biggest contribution. It's like. It's like it's like when a guy, I think it was TSN. I forgot who did it. Like a guy had like a horrible season and they just said like, 
like whatever player X, 39 games played, and that was the stat. Just, just 39 <laughs> games played. His stats were so terrible, they didn't want to show them. Oh, that's great. I, I think it might have been baseball. Like, a guy was hitting like, you know, like, like 119 at like midseason, and they're like, oh, this guy's played 39 Sean games. Zappa. Like in press releases, yeah. they do that. It's like so and so is a native of this town. <laughs> he was a four year graduate of this college where he majored, he was part of the art club, and like, uh, how do you produce? Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that another time. Well, that's what they do, like, in football. You sign like an offensive lineman. They don't reference any stats, obviously, because there's nothing really to do. So they just say how many, how many games he started. You know, so yeah, and so yeah. has started six or three games. Like one block. Yeah. Like, on the highlight package, they'll show him like make like two blocks. <laughs> right. so like, oh, okay, well, he's good. I like him. Two blocks. <laughs> like four years That's of college. Funny. Is he good? I don't know, but he started sixty three games for the Lions and Browns. <laughs> Still don't know if he's good. Good point. Why well, the analytics they track now, like how many, how yeah, many, that's, uh, that's what they're able to do. QB, um, pressures they, they, they allow. And so I know uh, like, uh, Eric Flowers <laughs> was like statistically like the, like one of the worst in the league. That's rocks. And, that's uh, rocks. Guy. Remember, and, Who? Rock's a big Eric like Flowers. Flowers? He loves Flowers. I would know. I wouldn't know Eric Flowers <laughs> if he fell on me. I'm not a football. I'm Are not a joking? football guy, Steve. I don't okay. like football. I, 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 about a, I was like, man, Eric Flowers defender. That's like, you know, it's. I don't no. think there's many of them that exist out there. I couldn't even tell you what he looked like or what team he plays for. <laughs> He was he was basically like Dylan McIlwain. Okay, good. That's a good example. That, that's right. a great comparison. Like, that's like, a great comparison. <laughs> yeah. But, but McElrath would just. He had like injuries. Flowers was literally like like one of the worst offensive linemen the Giants have ever had. McElrath um, was just McElrath was drafted for hockey the year he was drafted. He wasn't drafted for hockey by the time he was going to make it to the NHL. The league changed. Yeah. Well, that well, but yeah. the, see, the, talk about this because you brought it up on on your on your Ranger preview. Now the Rangers have completely revamped their entire scouting system. The way that, you know Gordy Clark's gone. You know they've gotten rid of a lot of the a lot of the uh, old scouts. What's the philosophy now? Has the philosophy changed? I mean, we've seen a lot of like drafting the best guy available. I'm obviously that's probably the way they're still going to go. But we've also seen in in the years past where they've passed up on a plethora of talent to just draft for need. They're not going to go back that down that road again, are they? Well, to answer your question, the first part of your question, the yeah, it's it's just a it's a it's a massive shift in philosophy. That now Drury did participate in draft uh, in the draft before uh, he became GM. So, but the, the and the scouts are mostly still in place. But they got rid of some of the the uh, the big like Bob Rove is gone and uh, was it JD's? I think there's only one guy left. I think JD's. Morehouse is gone. Left. Yeah, like uh, like uh, kind of Walchuk left to go back to the WHL. But I think it might have been two years ago. Yeah. But yeah, they, they made a lot of changes uh, last year, the beginning of last season. And uh, when they have Lily as the scouting director, when he was with Toronto, just to show you how the league works and how GMs work, when he was with Toronto as a scouting director, the he drafted nothing but finesse, small finesse guys. He comes to the Rangers as a scouting director, he drafts nothing but gritty, okay. tough, physical guys, right? Uh, or with size. So clearly one GM is like, this is what I want from you at the draft. The other GM is saying, this is what I want from you at the draft. And that's how it works. So on the jury and now Lily, uh, I think they're going to lean heavily toward, they're going to stay. They want 
toughness, but like skill toughness. Right. So, um, uh, you might, you, there are guys in the pipeline like a Levy Altonen, like a Carl Hendrickson, like a, uh, Brody Lamb, who's a freshman at Minnesota this year where they might be small. They might be skilled. They do a lot of fancy things with the puck, uh, but they could play tough. Like they, they could absorb hits. They're not scared to go into the corners and probably they're, they're good teammates and the, cause a lot of finesse play sometimes it rubs the t- other teammates the wrong way, even in junior hockey. Uh, where they, you know, they're puck hogs and so on. But when you're putting forth the evidence off the puck, uh, that means a lot, uh, you know, to the staff and so on. And so, and I think that the Rangers, that's the new strategy on the jury. Um, they tried to go the skill route, right, in the past. They didn't always neglect it. Um, and, you know, it was like when they drafted like Booney Evans, right? Oh, oh, he was a playmaker. He was a, he was a pass first playmaker, second round pick. Uh, he didn't work out. Um, they went for pure skill in, in 2013 uh, when they went uh, 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 Tambellini and Buchnevich and Duclair. Right. Right. Uh, so it, it, and this is, of course, under a different regime, but the, I think they, they like to mix it up a little bit. Uh, you know, when they say we go for the best player available, I always remind people their draft board might be tailored for a need. So best player available to them might mean something that differently than, let's say, Ottawa or Montreal. Right. Because, you know, if Jury says, I want the best player available, it might be the best physical two-way forward available. And other teams might say, no, I just want to play making center. So, uh, I, you know, some people criticize the last two drafts. I think that you're going to like the plays that they, obviously, with Othman, uh, and, and now we're going to see it the same time with Sakura, uh, that you're going to like these players. They're going to have a role. Maybe one or two of these grit types are going to develop into a top uh, six forward, which is something the Rangers rarely have done uh, with the draft. But I think that's going to change. Uh, and, but they're the Rangers. So you never know. Like, you know, say they're still part of the organization. He's still a paid employee. Uh, I bet the jury and say they still talk to one another. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, this is what you're going to do with the draft. Yeah. And they're going to draft some guy and make me mad. I think, I think <laughs> so, Drury's uh, his own man. I, I think Drury's, you know, not, a, not under anyone's shadow at this point. I know. I, yeah. I, 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 you're probably right. But, well, like, I just I want to say the gun. I just, I just want him to <laughs> He keeps throwing out of the way. That's that's always been his the best asset. Wasn't it, weren't they selling the team? What happened that's to that? That's not happening. He's, but they he's not selling going. anything. Um, the cool thing is when you say best player available, I got really lucky at that Ranger Devil game, the preseason game the other night. I got really lucky to see the best player available in the second round of 2017 or 2018, whichever year it was. Right? I got to see Olaf Limbaum in a Ranger jersey play hockey. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, I, felt yeah. Fortunate. Hey, listen. I felt fortunate for that one and only. <laughs> that pick. That pick, man. I, I, I know for a fact that so I quit smoking. I go to the 2017 draft. They draft Lee, Lee Sanderson and a bunch of overages. So I'm chain smoking. I went, I went to a gas station right outside the freaking Chicago uh, United Center. Chain smoked like half a pack of cigarettes, staring at the sky like, like you know, like they're not going to do it again. 2018 Dallas, thousand degrees out. I run right to the freaking nearest store gas station, get a pack of cigarettes, chain smoking the freaking parking lot. Because I'm like, I can't believe... I was mad, too, about the Miller pick because they traded away a second. I was all excited. Uh, and then when they draft Limbaum, the first goalie taken, too, 
I was so mad. I was so mad. I think that's when I, I sent out that infamous tweet. I hope the Rangers never win forever. <laughs> and I, I cut and paste it. I cut and paste it like a thousand times. I hate the Rangers. I hate the Rangers. And when I went on MSG, the guy, the head of programming there, the VP of programming was like, yeah, we kind of saw those two. We kind of saw those tweets. I'm like, <laughs> You know, sorry about that. Uh, actually, no, that was 2017 when I made those tweets. 2018, I did the spot and then went back and, and they crushed my soul. But I, I'm, more, I'm more reserved now. Actually, I've been happy the way that they drafted the last couple of years. It, you know, they have a strategy and I agree with it. They, they didn't get like too cute with any of their, their – really the, really the last three drafts. You want to go back to uh, even 2019 as well. Uh, I actually like that's the year they drafted Robinson. They drafted Alton. They drafted, uh, you know, obviously uh, Kako. Um, so I, I think it's going to work out. I, I really, I, I love the state of the farm system. Uh, they, it, the competition is going to be there. Uh, and I think teams are going to want to trade for all guys. That's, uh, that's the key thing. You don't want to have a bunch of guys that just, they're only proven in junior right, hockey. Right. You want guys who could succeed in the, in the HL. And it's been proven that, the last, let's say, you know, five, six, seven years that when guys go to Hartford, they graduate and they become NHL regulars and it says a lot about the program. That's, that's very true. And it's, it's, like it's important to have, you know, especially if you don't want to always have to trade picks. If you're able to trade some of your, you know, your farm assets, you know, whether it's for cap space. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's rare that you see like, you know, like an NHL prospect, like we, like the Lundquist thing was a r- r- very rare, but um well, not for Dallas wants to like what they said. No, but like, for instance, like to, to yeah. get rid of um, Nemeth's contract, we had to give up a, a pick. To get rid of Stahl's contract, we had to yeah. give up a pick. If you can give up, you know, yeah. just throwing it out there, but like a B-level prospect, because he's never going to play for the Rangers. Just never. There's no room. But if you're able to trade those yeah. guys instead of having to trade your second-round picks, you know, to get rid of uh, some cap, you know, some dead cap. A lot of times teams want to want to draft their own guys, though. Unless there's someone they really like, yeah. Well, some teams problem. just some teams are trying to accelerate. Someone's trying to save their job, and would rather have a 22 year old that you know, you know, has some upside but is blocked, you know, from ever making it here. Yeah, yeah. You could see Will Cooley be that guy in, in in two years. There may not be a spot for him, but he's a good player. Yeah, it's going to make training camp like when they if any kid any kids who earn a job at a training camp will have earned it. Right. You know what I mean? I think that's the point. It's not going to be like, I remember, you know, think about in the past, I'll, I'll throw Remember when Tomas Kluczek was our savior on the blue <laughs> two weeks, line? Two weeks we talked about him last, about episode, about last episode. Remember, do you know how crushed I, when he blew out his knee, I think was it was it in Atlanta? Yep. I'll never forget that. I was, I was crushed because all we heard about for like a year, it was Kluchek because, you know, Sade is trading away every prospect. Smith traded away every prospect. Freaking failures uh, uh, Malhotra and, and Brendel and, uh, and Lundmark. And so, so here's Tomas Kluchek, the savior. And he was, he was actually pretty good. But it, how times have changed. Like, now it's like, wait, we have like, you know, 10 Klucheks. And, and we also have forwards that are as promising as, uh, oh, you know, we holding a pedestal as high as we held Kluchek. So, man, I'm telling you, if you're, if you're, if I'm this, this upbeat about the team, I, I mean, I don't know what else. <laughs> Steve, you know, you Steve the clues. funny part about Kluchek is they wouldn't trade him for anybody. 
And who do they who do they wind up trading him for? The worst Rangers starting goalie of all time, Mike Dunham. Dunham, right? By far yeah. the worst. They, the, they should have made the playoffs the, that yeah, year. Yeah, it's because of him. It's because of him. I was in basic training. Oh, wait, I was in basic training. The Iraq War had just kicked off. Wow. And we weren't allowed anything. You get one phone call a week, that was it. And my, my cousin, the Islander fan, was mailing me every <laughs> clipping from all four newspapers showing me the the uh, the Rangers melting. Because he wrote me, he's like, Rangers made a big trade. They got Kovalev back. They're going to, you know, they're playing really well. Islanders suck. And remember, it reversed right. after that. The Islanders made the playoffs. And I was, so I'm miserable enough yeah. as it is. And I know, and I have all these articles, and they just just stuffing them in the trash. I was that so team should have that team with they had Yager, the end of that year, they had Kovalev. Oh, that was the year before. I'm sorry, it was the year before. But they traded for Kovalev. Sorry, excuse me. No, they had like they had Bore. Messier was there. Bore was there. Um, Matthew Barnaby, Lindros, Nedved, Lindros, Nedved. There's so much offensive talent on those teams. Holik. Yeah, Holik. That's right. So much offensive talent on those teams. They just they couldn't keep the puck out. The goaltending. I don't want to talk about those. They should have never. Steve, tell me if I'm wrong. Mike Richter, when they brought him back that last time, to me that set this franchise back. They should have. They should have gave the extra money to Curtis Joseph. I'm telling you, by their goaltending is what was their Achilles heel all those years. They didn't make the playoffs. Couldn't stop the puck. Richter had two knee surgeries, a concussion. You should. He should have never resigned him. They. You know what it was. It was. It was just the the, the rotation of aging, slowed down, uh, former stars. Right where it's like Kevin Stevens and Alexander Day <laughs> and you know John McClain and oh Pat Lafontaine. Let's give him a shot. Oh, we're losing he was Russia. great we're as a Ranger. Lafontaine was good as a Ranger. Seventy games though. was great. He was good as. A, well, was they brought great. in Keen. They brought in Keen. They brought in Scrutland. Yeah, they 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 bring in Keen. Yeah, it was just it was a comedy of errors. The, the drafting was terrible on the Neil Smith. Uh, you know, once after they they won that cup. Um, they they struck out on Sundstrom. He was supposed to be a lot better. And that was a great draft yeah, too. They thought he was going to be better. They thought he was going to be better than Forsberg. Is what they told us. Uh, they traded you know Nordstrom for Ferraro. Uh, like everything just sucked. Everything just sucked yeah. that, that during that period. I, and I'm glad that it's going to be a while until we win us that again. Well, when they traded Nordstrom, to be fair, I mean Messier was still here, and they were still going for it. That trade sucked. Oh, that's they the worst. That, they, Neil Smith said it. He said it. He acknowledges that. He says that. Yeah, he makes I mean, that trade I mean, more than traded, the Zuboff trade. He traded Ferraro. Ian LaPerriere. Yeah, we could, we could go down. We could talk about this forever, man. Was another guy? Yeah, he's a very uh, aggressive uh, HL coach. Flies fans are, like, worried about him. <laughs> he's ruining the kids. <laughs> oh, man. He's like, like, he doesn't compliment the kids. All he does is, like, you know, like put And now they're like... Well, Tortorella's here, so now the kids are going to hate playing in the AHL. They're going to hate playing in the NHL. Yeah, the Flyers so have enough problems. They have their own issues. Uh, they, they, yeah, they're going to be bad for a while. If, you, if you're a massive Flyer hater, I'm not a, yeah, a Flyer hater like most Ranger fans. Uh, but if you're like a big-time Flyer hater, like I hate the Eagles. I don't really hate the Flyers. I hated them in the 90s, but the uh, uh, enjoy this year. They, they, they're going to be bad. They're going to be bad. The, the Canadians are going to be bad. Uh, Arizona's going to be really bad. Um, I'm just, I don't know uh, who else is going to be bad out, out of the teams that made all these moves in the offseason. 
But, um, yeah, it, law of averages, you, you, you got to have teams finish near the bottom. So who's it going to be? You know, you, you know is it going to be the Devils? Is it going to be Columbus? Is it Buffalo? Detroit? Uh, is it going to be Washington? Is it going to be the Islanders? Like, you know. Now, uh, this is going to be a fun season, though, because last year the East was locked up by January. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I remember Boston has all those injuries. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're going to, they got to wait until they get their guys back. So are the Bruins going to be too far out? Or are they going to be still be the Bruins? And now, shit, now they're getting freaking McAvoy and, and uh, Marshan yeah. back. I think seven of the spots uh, will be locked up by Christmas. Seven of the eight, I think, will still be locked up by Christmas. That Bruins spot's the one that's going to be vacated. Well, it was vacated last year, but they had it was because Detroit had all those games in hand. But uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't. I, I won't say Christmas. My guess is going to be more late January. I think uh, that's when the GMs are going to say, "All right, I have UFA. I can't commit to a freaking." But that's going to therein lies the rub, though, because let's say all those teams improve, not like a, a playoff spot improved, but they've improved right. to get close. Uh, you won the house that you might see like like an arms race with prospects and picks. Yeah, so we saw last year. Uh, there were a lot of trades last year. Yeah, yeah. a lot of trades last year. Well, the Rangers, the Rangers kind of surprised some people with the the number of moves that they made. And they were all uh, hits. But yeah, you, they were but all you hits. Florida yeah, all made hits. moves. <clears throat> Toronto made moves. Everybody, every team. Call, call, uh, Carolina went to Carolina. Yeah, every team made a trade. Well, that, well, it's like that every year, but I'm saying that you're going to see an all, those are con- contenders. I'm saying you're going to see an arms race with the uh, the freaking pretenders or the bubble teams to get that last spot. Oh, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm predicting it. Yeah, so like you might see, like Ottawa's already traded away a high pick to get to Brinkett. Mm-hmm. They've uh, you know brought in well Talbot's hurt now, but they they brought in uh, Giroux. Buffalo brought in people, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Devils, all the moves that they've made with their goaltending and Palat. So, uh, you know, and, and, they, and all these teams, Ottawa, Montreal, Detroit, the Devils, Buffalo, all have top 10 farm systems. And they're bursting out the seams uh, in, in the AHL. They have no room. They have multiple picks like crazy. So The Devils are going to be good. I, I don't think they're going to be good yet. But in the future, you know, you look over the next five, six years – Devil's going to be really, really good. If, if Blackwood yeah, yeah, plays yeah. like the, well, Blackwood though. plays the way he played against the Rangers the other night in that preseason game, <laughs> they, they, their goaltending problems. Now he's going to bounce back. <laughs> I, they, I think that's why they brought Vanacek in. Yeah, they brought Vanacek in yeah. to, to to push Blackwood because yeah. he, he the last two seasons he hasn't been good. But uh, yeah, it for for the Rangers not to be in a comfortable position, it would take. And remember, they they were kind of healthy last year, so you hope or knock on wood. Um, that's also the case this year, but um, and they're just way too deep to to have a, even an injury to uh, a key guy uh, hurt them. I think, and and if it's the goalie goes down, they'll rally around it. And Halak is definitely an upgrade over over that Mope uh, Georgia. Yeah. So. Yeah. Another st- another yeah, st- steal of a trade. Yeah, they good. What they got? What they got oh, back yeah. from Georgia? Yeah. 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 Well, they got him for nothing in the beginning. Uh, you know, he was a crybaby, uh, a drama queen, and and then he, he couldn't stop the puck. So, like, of all, of all things, like, you know, he, uh, you know, the, but Halak is a, is, is a legit, his numbers in Boston, uh, you know, his, I guess, Rats back up before Rats got hurt uh, on the Cassidy were very good. Right. 
So I don't think he's slowed down uh, with age. And, you know, if he even has a slump, you could give him a break. He's someone who can you know, stop though, and you can run out there, you know, for, for a month if he needed yeah, to. Yeah, what, what yeah. What is your, uh, your thoughts on Garand? Very good. Like, is he an Smaller NHL goalie, starter? Uh, Not, I don't mean today, but like in three, two, three years from now, is he someone who can start in the NHL? Or is he more a, a future backup? I, I got to see him in the age. I, I got to see him in the AHL first. His numbers in junior are very good, but so are Corey Hirsch's. I mean, Corey Hirsch had great numbers in, in the AHL too. We're, we're pulling a wall out tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he was. You know, he was. They were like ripped to Van Beesbrook and uh, but now you have Corey Hirsch. It was like the envy of the league. Uh, and Rangers made the right decision on that one, though. But anyway, the. Um, yeah, the uh, Garand is a very good prospect. Uh, his competitiveness, his quickness, he's a gamer. He's a throwback, too, because uh, he's, he's smaller. Uh, but uh, I, I think that the goaltending situation in general for the team is very good because you have Boyko, Lindbaum might actually be something now. You have Garand. Uh, and then even this kid, uh, Gehagen, uh, on the AHL deal, the West Point kid, who like uh, you know try to get exempt from military service so he can play <laughs> play hockey? Well, that's what uh, I was going to ask. Is, he, uh, is is there a guy? Because I mean, we seem to always pull no names. At, you know, especially for, you know coming from Europe. You know, that come to just year after year. Hank Spackup is just a no name European goalie. Ranta. You know, who the hell heard of Ranta at that point? Comes in, guy turns out to be a really good goalie and becomes a starter. You know, when healthy. You know, for the next you know six seven years, you know, and then you have to you know aside for the Pavlich thing, Georgiev, Georgiev came from out of nowhere. Turns out Talbot, you know, he's, yeah. he's going to get a chance. Talbot, out of out of Arkansas or wherever his college was, Alabama Huntsville. You know, they seem to just find yeah Alabama Huntsville. They just find these guys from out of nowhere, and you know Benny's able to mold them into being really good. So it's like, who's that next guy? Well, they got they, well. They moved on from Wall and Huska, um, and uh, you know they gave him a shot. Right. It didn't work out. Uh, they, you know, whether you want to credit Alea, you want to credit, you know, just circumstance, whatever it is. It, it, we are fortunate uh, that you you really have had a outside of the seven dark years. The, the 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 transition from franchise goalie to franchise goalie it's almost like four decades right uh, and so you have to have faith in the range and the, the development for all we know with husk and wall it could have been just a matter of like you know they got tired like they, they knew the, the morale was low because they knew they couldn't crack the lineup i mean who knows but uh this group uh i would say that garan Lindbaum needs to definitely prove himself in the in the North American game. He wasn't all that great in Sweden either. Uh, but the the uh, they have Alice, right? The the the, the Hugo? big tall. They have Hugo. Two really Hugo is really tall, Alice right? And, Hugo Alice is that is that who it is? Alice and Boyko, uh, and then you have Garand and Lindbaum. So and remember, they said with Lindbaum, oh, Benny loves them. They oh, they they were like pounding on the table to draft them. Um, you know so. It'll be a battle. Uh, I think hard for this year. It's going to be Deming and mostly the Gehagen kid, uh, but he's on an AHL deal. So I, I don't know. Uh, Garan can go back to Kamloops if he wants. 
Uh, I don't think they'll do that. If they go to the ECL, we all know ECHL for goalies isn't a, isn't a kiss of death. Right. Talbot played in the ECHL. So I, I can't name one. Uh, it's way too early for me to even – I got to see how – like Shesterkin, we got the, I, the the feeling because of how well he played against men in the KHL. Right, right. And so that, that's a pretty good measuring stick. Uh, you know, when you say, all right, well, he, if he's a number one in the KHL, then he could at least be a number one in the NHL. And that's, that's usually the case with these uh, Russian goalies. With, you know, the CHL guys, eh, you know, college guys are more uh, – they're, they're definitely more tempered. And uh, I guess forged in comp in North American competition than the junior kids who are playing against freaking teenagers. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to take a while till we figure it figure it out. Though, you know, no one like immediately uh, like available though. It's if if God forbid all hell breaks loose and we lose <laughs> Igor, you're looking at Halak and Deming, or you know Halak uh, uh, or they'll go out and trade for somebody. Right, they probably trade. Yeah, they would probably trade for somebody at that point. All right. Rocky, you got anything else nope. for, uh, for this was This was really good. I had a really good time tonight. We'll have to, we'll have, to have a show just, yeah, likewise, guys. just based fun. on Always the uh, on the dark era of the of Rangers hockey. That, that should be a good show. <laughs> uh, it really – you know, it's funny. It, if you if – you, I, I don't know if you guys are the same. I and mean, you guys are season ticket holders and go to a lot of games and everything. But uh, I was living in, in Boston for most of those years because I was in college and worked afterwards. So uh, – I don't know if it's humanly possible to be as invested as a, uh, in the Rangers as I was, where I had like my entire wall was nothing but posters and newspaper clippings to completely not giving a fuck about them. And like, like not, I used to, the things I would do to go even yeah. watch a game uh, in Boston, because I didn't have MSG, like, you know, the, the scramblers and, when in the middle of the dark ages, I I, I pretty much like Trottier, That I, I just gave up. I gave up. I said enough. And then I and then I joined. You know, like I said, you know, I was in basic training in Korea wow. for a year. And uh, Henrik came and said and yeah. fixed everything. So it's yeah. crazy. So much fun. All right, we're gonna wrap this one up, and uh, you know, we'll be back up. Well, obviously not next Tuesday because next Tuesday is uh, opening day. So we won't have a show next Tuesday, right. but uh, probably Wednesday or Thursday we'll figure something out. Hockey schedules aside. <laughs> yep. Steve, this was awesome. Thanks, Steve. You know, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, definitely touch base with you You know, at some point during the season. Have you back on. Yeah. Love well, having you on. I know you do a lot of prospect stuff, so it's like I don't know if this is a breath of fresh air just to come on and just forget prospects, just come on and just talk Ranger hockey. So. Yeah, no, I mean, especially that they're good. Right. You know what it's I mean? Um, it's not a complaint. It's not uh, therapy, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, nah, listen, I, I, you know, I I can't ignore the NHL, you know, as much as I, I love watching prospects. Right. Like, the NHL is the ultimate form right, of competition. Right. When you're watching kids play, after a while, you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, complete a pass. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 and then, yeah, and I, I hate to I'm not, I'm not, I'm disparage the kids, but it's just the reality. Yeah. You know, it's like watching – high school basketball uh-huh. and watching the NBA yeah. finals. Like, you know, so when I, uh, you know, the, I always spend the off season now focusing on the NHL because I have plenty of time to catch up for the, uh, the prospects. So I'm right. in, I am like locked in on NHL mode right now. I did the Ranger podcast. What? Like, like five, four or five days ago, six days ago. Um, so uh, watching all the preseason games, 
uh, hearing how bad the analysis is on from the uh, the television crews, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, like, when, you, when you're studying like the cap and rosters and everything, and you hear them say some of the things, like I'm like, oh my god, like today, but, like they call Zach Aston Reed an, an elite depth player. What the hell is an elite <laughs> depth player? What does that mean? The valedictorian of summer school, Swiss Army knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, yeah, he's also on a PTO, uh, yeah, so it's, it's like, uh, you know, oh. We, we, yeah, he's good though. But anyway, uh, yeah. So anytime you guys want to talk yeah, Rangers, awesome. just uh, give me a holler. I'm Thanks, brother. Awesome. All right, guys. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Later.